Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat Conversations with Filmmakers, where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV, and we will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I'll provide you with guests and information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. So now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. Uh, my guest today is Mr. Daniel Veluze. You are going to want to listen in and listen closely. This man has so many great Hollywood stories, filmmaking tips and suggestions. He has done it all. So I'm going to tell you more about Daniel in just a moment, but I'm excited to have Daniel back on the show, and I know you are, are will too. So uh, the chat room is open. If you're listening live, uh, you can uh, join us in the chat room, and I encourage you to do that. We'll answer questions if you have them from the chat. And uh, if not, just listen and, and chat along. Uh, if you're listening to this archived, obviously the chat room is not open. All of the interviews, all of these discussions, all of my guests, everything is archived at rexsykes.com. That's my name. I'm your host. It's R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. At the interviews blog, there's over four hundred hours of professional filmmakers that's professional filmmakers giving away the form they're sharing their secrets their tips their suggestions their advice their stories their how-to's their what not to do's for you all we ask in return is that you share right now get on your favorite social media means get on the phone email or turn to somebody in person and say hey i'm listening to rex sykes movie beat the guest today is daniel valuze and share it and, uh, and put it out there so that other people can join us now live or archived. And also, one thing, and this is really important, and I ask you each time, and I beg you each time, and I hope you'll do it, leave comments. Leave comments at the Blog Talk radio player uh, during the show or after the show. Look for it. It's right there. There's a player. It's what you're listening to. It's the button you click to hear the show. Underneath it is a comment window. Please just go ahead and leave a comment about the show. That helps all of us. So I'll say no more about that, but please do um, give, us, give us a comment. All right, let me tell you about Daniel. He is a producer. He owns a couple of movie set ranch, ranches where they shoot movies, TV shows, web series, music videos, you name it. He's an entrepreneur like no other. He started off in the entertainment business over 30 years ago. As a young boy, he grew up on movie and TV sets such as the 1941 starring John Belushi, uh, the Baba Black Sheep starring Robert Conrad, McMillan and Wife starring Rock Hudson and Maverick, um, James Garner, uh, the Lazy Ace starring James Garner. Daniel's uh, opportunity. He had opportunities to visit Fantasy Island and Gilligan's Island and cruising the streets of Hazard County, and his family owned General Lee's from Dukes of Hazards. Now, his family built many of the vehicles for TV and movie. He rode in General Lee's army tanks, kit for the Knight Rider, and even the 18 van. And today he owns and he helps run the Values A Motion Picture Ranch and Melody Ranch Studios located in Santa Clarita area of 
California, and both have been the backdrops of countless movies, TV shows, commercials, and the like. Now, he's worked as a location liaison in many TV shows, and he's fronted his own, he's fronted his own heavy metal band, uh, Untamed, and he's been able to continue uh, being around music and work on music videos with many artists. So I'm going to bring Daniel on, and uh, you'll get to enjoy having him back. Daniel, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing this morning, Rex? I'm excellent. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad to have you back. It's wonderful Great. to uh, have you on the on the show again. You called in. We had Lenore Andriel on. Uh, Lenore and Steve Doucette uh, produced Yellow Rock, and you be, you were a producer on the on the show and uh, and you shot at your ranch. And uh, and the last time we had Lenore on, you you happened to also hear the show and call on in, and that was a, uh, an absolutely delightful surprise. And uh, and awesome. as a result. Go ahead. That was that, that was a neat moment. Yep, she caught she caught me off guard <laughs> and called. We were actually filming that morning and had the show uh, dialed in, and uh, somebody said, "Hey, Lenore is uh, on the uh, rec show. You need to give a quick call in." And uh, that was fun. Yeah, it's very cool. It was awesome, and uh, and so Daniel joined us, and we we conversed for the rest of the show. We had a great time, um, as we will this morning. So uh, let's catch this up. How did you? Um, you know, I mentioned you know in the beginning some of your experiences, and uh, there's at least two other conversations with you on RexLikes.com. Let me also say that I had to create a new uh, blog. It's a WordPress blog. It's RexLikesMovieBeat.me. RexLikesMovieBeat.me. M-E. And uh, and so uh, I put up Daniel's biography and links to to uh, uh, Daniel's shows with me and links to other rock. Uh, the other uh, Yellow Rock shows with Lenore. So uh, you're always welcome to check out both RexSykes.com, the official Movie Beat site, and the new blog at RexSykesMovieBeat.me. And if you do, you'll read about Daniel, and you can always connect um, to my guests that way as well. All right. So, um, so, so, so how did it all come about? How did you, your family, own, end up with uh, two movie ranches and uh, and be sitting here today in 2014, hundreds of movies and television shows later. Well, you know, my father and his brothers, uh, they were child actors. Uh, my dad was, uh, was, a, was a regular on uh, GE Theater with Ronald Reagan. And uh, cool. his, his brothers were also uh, actors and musicians, and uh, one of them was in the, the Rockabilly Hall of Fame and so on. So they kind of grew up entertainers, and it just kind of worked its way, you know, down the line to, to the rest of us. We actually started off in this business uh, more in the vehicle end of the business, providing uh, vehicles and uh, those types of support needs for production. Uh, the old television shows like uh, MASH, uh, we provided all the military vehicles for MASH. And in fact, out at our uh, museum out there at Melody Ranch, we still have Colonel Potter's Jeep sitting on the, on the uh, stage in the museum. And uh, wow. we did shows the Dukes of Hazzard. We provided uh, over 229 uh, General Lees uh, were built for that show because every time, you know, every time you saw one leave the ground, it didn't come down in one piece. And so uh, we built 750 police cars for that show. And then we continued to do such shows like uh, A-Team, Knight Rider, MacGyver, Matlock, and Quantum Leap, and, and, uh, and all those you know, hit shows of the 80s, those uh, 
Stephen J. Canal shows and uh, those types of shows. So we kind of got started off in the business through the vehicles. And, well, that's uh, really that, amazing. Yeah, no, and then that carried on into, uh, you know, my grandfather, he had produced westerns in the, uh, he, had, he had bought a ranch out in Santa Clarita out here, uh, an 800-acre facility in 1939, and uh, then produced his own westerns. Uh, he produced Sundown at Devil's Flats. It was one of Vic Tabak's first movies. Oh, and God. Then, Vic was a friend. Oh, uh, he was a, a great guy. I got to meet him once, and uh, I was... Uh, we ran into him uh, years later uh, down on the Warner lot, and uh, he saw my dad, and he just lit up, and uh, I had no idea they knew each other. And, um, you know, I was just a, a kid at the time, and, and uh, uh, but everybody knew, knew, knew Vic from television, you know, you, most, one of the most recognizable faces there was. Uh, just, a, just a sweetheart of a guy and, and, and an awesome person. It's so amazing because his career, I mean, a lot of a lot of his movie roles were as a heavy, you know, a bad guy and a thug, and he really was a, a truly a sweet guy. And then he got Alice, you know, he was Mel, and yeah. uh, and uh, and that made him a household name and a star at the time. And uh, but a super guy, just a totally super guy. So I, I interrupted you, but but uh, you 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 uh, hit a nerve. I, I remember uh, uh, Vic very fondly. Yeah, great. And he great. and he left us way too soon. Yes, absolutely. He he left us with some incredible memories, though. You know, and yes. then uh, so he, we did he did the Sundown and Devil Flats along with several other westerns, and then you know he was a real cowboy. I mean, he ran cattle on his ranch, and uh, you know, like I said, produced the westerns, and then he also uh, ran racehorses, and uh, he raised racehorses out there at what we called at that time the Diamond V Ranch. And uh, those racehorses, uh, he was very successful in that business. In fact, uh, Willie Shoemaker was his jockey. Uh, and uh, together, <laughs> How cool is that? Yeah. And together, uh, Willie and my grandfather won countless races. Uh, we've got office uh, walls here full of pictures in the winner's circle with, uh, with uh, Mr. Shoemaker and my grandfather. Wow. Wow. Then he, uh, after that, then what he did is uh, he decided to start uh, building sets and buying property and things like that. And then it just passed on, you know, it passed on to the family, and he installed an amazing uh, work ethic in all of us. He was born in 1898 in Summershade, Kentucky, and uh, at 17 years old, he went to work in the naval uh, shipyard. And then uh, uh, shortly after that, he, uh, he joined the Texas Rangers, and um, was ended up when he passed away in 2000. Uh, he ended up uh, um, at 101 years old, and so um, we were notified by by Congress uh, that he was the oldest living Texas Ranger. Wow! And wow! Yeah, kind of an amazing uh, amazing story. He joined the Texas Rangers, and then. Uh, there was a lot of things he did that were pretty amazing. He he was the first to board the uh, the German submarine that sank the uh, Lusitania, you know, that precipitated the United States really into the you know World War One. Um, he went back and forth uh, into Mexico where he rode with Pancho Villa. Um, he worked Jeez. with Paul J. Gale. 
Paul, he worked as uh, Paul J. Getty's bodyguard. So a lot of history he passed down to the rest of us, and we kind of just continued on that path of business and, and purchasing land and properties and, uh, and uh, building it into, uh, you know, studios. Uh, that's amazing. That, that, that truly is amazing. I mean, when, you know, when you go back, you know, through through the years, I mean, the Santa Clarita area probably is not as nearly developed as it is today. And you're looking back at, you know, older Hollywood. And I mean, if it's um, just just uh, an amazing area and an amazing uh, place and an amazing opportunity to be able to do that. Yeah, it's a very film-friendly community, and it's, it's grown tremendously. You, you take Melody Ranch, for instance, which is uh, the, the Melody Ranch studio, which we own here in Santa Clarita. We purchased that in 1990 from Mr. Gene Autry. Um, and when Gene Autry owned Melody Ranch, you know, Melody Ranch was hundreds of acres. It was basically a, a big, vast range across our community uh, where they did, you know, not over 1,900 westerns. Um, from from the lone, original Lone Ranger to the Gunsmoke series, um, just so many different films. Hopalong Cassidy, you know the great John Wayne worked there. Gary Cooper, Tom Mix, Roy Rogers, William Boyd. Um, the list just goes on and on and on. Ren Ten Ten was filmed there. In fact, a funny story, Rex. I was on the set yesterday and uh, we were working on a film, and a gentleman came up to me, much older gentleman, and says do you know where you're sitting, young man? And I said, well, I, uh, last time I checked, I'm sitting on my fence. And he said, this uh-huh. is your fence? And I said, yes, sir. And he said, well, let me tell you a little story I bet you don't know. He says, I was sitting on that fence also back in about 1934, and a young lady was sitting next to me by the name of Shirley Temple. Oh, gosh. And And I hadn't even known this. You know, these stories pop up like this, but... Shirley Temple had apparently uh, been doing a show where she lived on a farm, and I, I need to research it to get the exact details. And apparently that whole show, that whole little series, took place right there at uh, uh, one of the houses on Melody Ranch. Wow. So you learn something every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, you know, I, I am so envious because, you know, when you, I mean, you're on a ranch, it's, it's like, I guess I, I lived on a, on a soundstage, you know, in the, in the, when I was a young man and I mean, they weren't producing anything on sound. Well, we did. I mean, in our, in our, in our soundstage where we lived, we, we were producing low budget movies, but there was no other film activity on Columbia at that time. And, you know, but, you know, whenever you walk around a film you know, studio or a lot or a back lot, and there's activity and it's bustling, you know, you, you, you know, it feels like, wow, I'm, you know, I'm surrounded by Hollywood and the Hollywood mystique and Hollywood legend. And, and you live there. <laughs> I mean, this is your yeah. daily life, you know. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty uh, I had an uncle who was one of, the, uh, one of the Planet of the Apes. And so um, that was always exciting to see him dressed up in his uh, in his ape costume. I bet that was that, that had to be that had to be wild. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> well, I want to go ahead. Go ahead, please. Yeah, growing up on all of these different places, you know, you just uh, it was it was really kind of uh, surreal. Um, you know, you like you read in the bio, you know, when I was a kid, I can remember wandering around, wandering off the lot, and just stumbling on Gilligan's Island down at CPS. And, 
it was just, it was amazing. You know, you, you just, uh, you know, a few minutes away, you're walking into Fantasy Island. And I remember meeting Ricardo Monte on that day. And uh, he uh, was a wonderful man. And uh, had a great discussion. And I took some pictures with him that day. He was, uh, he was dressed ready to uh, shoot a scene. And uh, I still have those pictures, and uh, I, I still I, I can't tell you how many friends I tricked at school, and they asked, where, where were you this week? And I said, oh, I, I went to Fantasy Island. And they said, that place <laughs> real? I said, yeah, it's real. Here's the picture of, of me and Mr. Rourke. <laughs> so, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of fun. My gosh, that, that's so amazing. Um, so, you, you know, we I, I encourage people to go back and listen to our other shows that we've done and, and, and to catch up at their leisure. Um, before we continue, I wanted to say, um, I wanted to, to let you know that uh, a mutual friend has said hello, and that is uh, Lance Cowis. Oh, Lance. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy, wonderful director. Uh, Lance Cowis. We, I was the executive producer on a film called The Deported, uh, starring Nick Totoro. And uh, that was a great film, and he is a great director, great, great comedian, too. Funny guy, um, just a terrific guy. We had a lot of fun working on that show. In fact, uh, I bet the, uh, we had just as much fun behind the scenes as we did actually shooting the film. We had a lot of funny people on that. I believe Felipe Esperanza uh, was on that show who actually had, won, had just won the last comic standing at that time. Um, a uh, lot of uh, lot of comedy actors, a lot of lot of good times on that show. Lance is a terrific guy, and um, I can remember a couple of stories uh, where we just didn't have the right words in the script. Things weren't just it wasn't flowing right. And Lance was such a I always looked at him as a comedy genius. He you know he would just grab a pen and paper and a pad and and then he would sit there and just start you know scratching out what we're going to do. And it ended up just being some of the funniest stuff that you'd ever seen or heard. He was really good at just jumping in, ad-libbing, and just making it happen. Really good. Uh, it's really cool. Well, he just completed, he just wrapped, uh, I believe they shot in Michigan, um, uh, a movie, I, uh, if I remember right, it's called Paid in Full, and he just wrapped that. Lance is on Facebook, and uh, when he heard you were on the show and going to be on the show, he said, be sure to say hello to, to Daniel. Yeah, he's a terrific guy. I miss Lance. I do too. I, I, I do too. I, be, it'd be uh, fun to have everybody out at the ranch someday for a big get together, wouldn't it? <laughs> hey, hey, have a pig roast. <laughs> well, maybe well, we not. Talked, maybe not out in the. Really? We, we've talked about all of that. You know, all of us getting together and doing something like that. So that would be fun. Wow, now, that is really very cool. Um, I'm going to do something here I don't normally do. Uh, I'm going to try this again. I, di- I did it with you, but you texted me this. I'm going to try and see. There's a caller coming in. I'm gonna, I don't normally take calls on the air. Um, I answer questions from the chat room, but it, just in case this is someone we know. Okay. Hello, caller, are you there? Hello? Hello, you're calling in Direct Sykes Movie Beat. Are you there? All right. Well, I guess not. Uh, I, you, somebody's been calling uh, a lot since uh, we've been 
on air, and I figured, or even before we got on the air, and I figured maybe it's somebody we know that uh, you know wanted to jump in and say hello, but uh, uh, every time that I've tried to sample who it is, and uh, nobody answers so. Uh, well, it could be a maybe, maybe they're butt dialing the show, huh? <laughs> that might be more entertaining if we can pick up a butt dial. <laughs> could be. <laughs> so, um, so uh, what do you think the difference is between you know shooting on your ranch today versus say you know even in the seventies or or back back prior to that when the ranch first started? What did what is there? How is it different? Well, I think probably the number one difference is probably technology. Um, you know, the, the technology with uh, all of the sophisticated drones and, and things that are shooting, uh, you know, shooting film now and, you know, your GoPros, those types of things. Um, I, I, you know, I remember on, uh, on when, when we were shooting Yellow Rock, um, we had strapped three or four GoPros to, to um, the subject that was driving behind the horse. You know, you're able to capture some amazing footage of, of boots bouncing along the ground and dust dragging stuff you couldn't have captured years ago. Um, so I think it's the technology has added to the intensity um, of filmmaking. Um, you know, years ago we shot uh, the Friday the 13th. Uh, it was actually Friday the 13th Part 3 in 3D. Uh, we shot uh-huh. that out at Value Shop there. And... Um, it was so difficult to do, and I, I remember um, everything had to be shot almost three different ways. And the technology today is they're just able to shoot, you know, shoot the film straight out into 3D, and so it makes a, it makes a big difference. So technology has advanced us, um, I think, probably the most. Um, we have, I think, uh, very good professors now in our film schools. I think we have great programs now. I think more... Uh, young people are interested in filmmaking. I think there's more opportunities uh, for young people to have access to studios such as mine, um, which in the you know in the earlier days those things weren't available uh, to young filmmakers. Uh, terrific camera packages and lighting packages um, are often donated by by big companies. I know my good friend out at Santa Cruz Studios, Mike Delorenzo. Um, who, who who has that studio out there is a is a strong advocate for for young filmmakers and and up and comers and and donates a lot of time and uh, and equipment to these young filmmakers and I think it gives them a real opportunity to put out some really terrific stuff um, where you know, like in years past uh, once again like I said you just didn't have those opportunities it was much more difficult I I was making films on on my mother's high eight uh, video camera, and then trans, trans, tr- uh, putting it on the reel to reel and watching it on the wall. Um, so times have come a long way. So I would have to say it's the technology that's probably helped us the most. Um, you know, it, it's really interesting because you're, you know. Um, the idea that you know costs kept so many people from pursuing their dreams you know not that long ago you know a, a couple decades ago and that the technology has made it so that just about anybody 
can, if they want to, maybe they shouldn't, but if they want to, they can they can uh, make a movie or a music video or uh, some form of project, and they can pursue a career. And that in and of itself is cool, but then what you just said, you know, that, that now these people, that maybe they're saving the cost on the equipment and, and all that's come down, now they can come to a ranch like your ranches and utilize those locations uh, you know, they, they, money is allocated in different places, you know, uh, nowadays. So, so that's really cool. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, my boys, uh, they turned out a film not too long ago that, I, that, I, that I've been watching and they've been working on. They're making it on the iPhone. And uh, to be quite exactly. honest with you, I'm really impressed with, with the iPhone. I'm waiting, you know, if anybody's listening and you want to go out and, and, and capture the world by storm, make a movie with an iPhone. And um, it's, it's, uh, it's, an amazing, it's amazing where technologies come and the ability um, that they have. And I think that all these little gadgets like the GoPros and the iPhones and things, I think they've also got younger people more interested in those types of things, in doing creative things, in setting up uh, cameras and underwater, you know, doing underwater things and, and uh you know, taking a different approach to filmmaking. And I think it started off as, you know, something fun and maybe a gag with friends or whatever, and then all of a sudden it becomes very serious and they start to really think, you know, I'm really enjoying myself. And the next thing you know, they're in a film class and uh, it won't be long before, you know, these are the these are the next generation of, uh, of filmmakers taking us into a, a whole new realm of filmmaking. No, it, it is amazing. A, a friend of, of ours and, and of, of Rex Sykes Movie Beat, uh, Juliet Landau, actress, uh, uh, a lot of people know her as Drusilla from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. She was the director, I don't know if this was 2009 or 2010 or what year, but she's been on my show a couple of times, and she was the behind-the-scenes director for Gary Oldman. And Gary wow. directed a um, a Jewish, I think it was a Jewish hip-hop video, all on a cell phone, and so she came on and she discussed the behind-the-scenes making of the of the music video and what they did, and at the time, you know, like putting the cell phone on a skateboard to have a dolly or sticking it on a broom, you know, to have a jib or a crane, and, and the different kinds of things that they did um, for when Gary when Gary was directing. So, you know, today, I mean, the, the video quality today is even better. Um, I, oddly enough, uh, one of my guests, and I'm and I, I won't say who because I'm waiting for him to cut it, uh, to add the sound to it. But uh, I, 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 we interviewed at his studio and used iPhones, two iPhones, to shoot the uh, to shoot the show, and uh, and then I took it back and cut it. And we need some insert shots and some sound sound, sound uh, adjustments, and then uh, that would be you know ready to be uploaded, and uh, and people can watch. Uh, you know the Rex Sykes movie beat show that was shot all on iPhone. So yes, it's it's the the technology is there. It's very cool. Yeah, in fact, if you know to touch more on that, it, uh, Lenore Andrew, who you mentioned earlier, and and, and Steve Duchette, my my partners, uh, in which we made Yellow Rock together when we were out scouting um, and working on some potential new projects. We were out at Melody Ranch, and we actually used an iPad. Um, to actually yeah. uh, scenes in the saloon just to uh, get an idea of 
what it's going to look like, how we're going to light it, uh, you know, what our ambiance is going to be. Um, it's such a sophisticated device that it, it, it will even pick up sound um, and give you, you know, your foliage and everything and so you can get a really good feel for where you are, what you have, um, what you need to prepare for. Um, I was very impressed uh, when we got back and we sat down and we looked at, you know, what we had uh, just by using an iPad. So I'd encourage anybody, uh, young people especially, you know, um, you get out and uh, if you're into filmmaking, get out and just make stuff happen, you know, with your iPad or your, your GoPro or your, your iPhone and just begin um, experimenting. I, the first project I ever made, like I said, I grabbed the high camera and I, I made a horror film and um, shot it all together in, in sequence. We had to literally script it and lay it out. We couldn't cut. We couldn't edit. So we actually scripted it. We had to actually shoot it in order. We couldn't go backwards. Um, Your so edit was in camera. That's right. And so yeah. we had a scene where the the killer was coming down the hill. We had to get him coming down the hill, and then we had to get him and to get the victim getting into the car. Then we had to stop and uh, film her turning the key, and then we had to film the car not starting. Um, then we had to stop and we had to quickly pan in on the gas gauge and empty, and then we had to go back to the killer. But it all had to be in this this crazy order. But uh, nowadays, the, the, the kids have the ability to sit there and edit it right on the iPhone and move move uh, clips into place and add music, and it's terrific. I, I'm excited about about technology and where it's going in this industry. Well, it certainly has made everything. Um, more readily available. I mean, I I've been out with people and and we've been looking at something and they said, oh, you know, I wish I brought my camera, I wish I brought my lens, and I pull out my phone and there's an app and I can I can go and dial something in and go, okay, here's what a 35 millimeter lens looks like, here's what a, you know, here's what a uh, you know a, a 85 looks like. I mean, yeah, I I can just you know, I mean, using a, an app on a phone, I can say here, you know, <laughs> you can slate on yeah, the phone, no, you I, can edit, you know, you can edit yeah, on the phone. I mean, you. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we I do a lot of tech scouts, and um, the directors come out, and you know, they used to have their compass around their neck, and they used to have their their lens around their neck to uh, to look at things. Now they simply take out the phone, they get a compass reading, you get a light reading off the telephone, um, and and they'll shoot the scene in their mind right there on the phone and watch it back and get an idea of where they want to shoot it from, what angle, what height, you know, how they want to light it, and um, it's really, I think, it's 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 just changing the world and in filmmaking. You know, I was fortunate enough. Stanley Livingston, uh, from from my three sons and and many other things, and, and um, invited me to to come to set one day. They were shooting a documentary about Cinerama for the 60th anniversary of Cinerama and and how the West was won, which which Stanley was in and and. Uh, they were going to do this at the Cinerama Dome, so I went and I and I'm with Stan on a, on Angel's flight downtown Los Angeles, and we shot there. Uh, his wife and and myself and and I brought a director friend and, and anyway, the point is is that so I'm I'm now I now and I've said this before in the show, but I'm now in the the last movie ever made in Cinerama with oh. uh, Stanley Livingston, <laughs> and he keeps saying, "I'll send you the, I'll send you the DVDs of behind the scenes." And, the, and the, actually, I, I haven't seen it yet. They, they did it at the Cinerama Dome. I wasn't able to go out there. It was, it was, 
last year, I guess, I think, or maybe the year before. But anyway, it was a wonderful, wonderful project from what I saw of it. And they went all over L.A. and started shooting in Cinerama. But, the, but, you know, when you think about equipment, the viewfinder for Cinerama was 15 pounds. It had two handles that you picked it up and you held it up like, uh, you know, in front of yourself with two handles so that you could see, you know, three, the three different uh, – uh, the, the the viewfinder, I mean, the three different points of view that the viewfinder had. So from going from, and, and maybe a lot of people listening today, if they're young, they don't know what Cinerama is, or they maybe have never even seen a movie in Cinerama. Dome. But, uh, you know, the fact that you can put a GoPro on your head now and uh, go skydiving, or, or we used one in Cinerama movie I directed uh, a few years back, I love it. I mean, it, it is, and people attach them to, you know, what now are drones, but then, you know, we're just uh, like model helicopters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of those old uh, old lenses and old devices you could put in a gym now and work out with them. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, Daniel, let, let me ask you, I'm going to ask you another question. It's, 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 why do you think filmmaking is great? What is it about filmmaking? Oh, there's so many reasons. Uh, you know, they, they, it, it's just, I, I don't even know where to start. You know, first of all, I have to say it's the, it's the people. It's the, it's, the, it's just the companies and the business and the people that you meet and that you get to spend time with and the relationships that you're able to create. You know, not many people are blessed enough to wake up in the morning and go to work and just not be able to wait to get there. It's... um. Every day is different. Every day brings a different challenge. It brings a new face or faces. It's just, uh, it's a real blessing um, to, to, to be in this industry. And, you know, there's countless things. The free food. <laughs> the, yeah. the free uh, craft service. I mean, how, how, how many great things is there? But, uh, no, yeah. on a serious on a serious note, um, it's just a terrific business, you know. It's um, it's it's been so good to me and to my family. Um, the the relationships that I've developed over the years with with people I've kept uh, since I was just an eight year old boy. Um, it's a business where you could work with somebody in 1978 and work with them again tomorrow, and it's like you kind of never parted. Um, immediately just reconnect and go to work. You know how each other thinks and, and, and is going to work. Um, it's just a terrific, uh, it's a terrific business. You know, I, I, I bring Yellow Rock up again only because it's a perfect example is, is Lenore and Steve, Lenore Andriel, the, the, the actress uh, and writer, and Steve, the executive producer and, and co-writer to that film, simply just came out to my property just simply to look at it. I, I didn't know them. They didn't know me. They simply just come out to look at it to make a film. And, you know, who would have thought a couple of years later, you know, we would be partners and, and really just best friends. And so the friendships that you develop uh, in this business that you carry with you for a lifetime, I, I watch my dad still to this day, um, now reaching his mid-70s, um, to this day, he walks on a set, and uh, you know people recognize him and talk to him, and and um, they jump right back into a film they might have made in like 1980 or 1975, and it's just a 
it's an amazing networking uh, of people, and it's such a it's such a neat community of filmmakers. Um, and I guess what I would say at this point is to to the young filmmakers, and I've met a few as of late that they kind of want to be the lone ranger. You know, they want to try to, to try to do it on their own. They want to try to you know ride off into the sunset and, and take all the credit. I would say to these these people, you really need the people around you. Um, this is a business where you have to support those around you. Um, it really is impossible to make it on your own. Um, you know, burn as few bridges as you can because this is a business where, you know, what goes around comes around kind of thing. And I believe karma in this business is a, is a, a really important thing to remember someone that you might get upset with one day thinking you may never need them again, you may need them the very next day. And so um, the idea and the key for me has always been to stay friendly, stay humble, um, be gracious, be thankful, um, and, and, and obviously just try to always have as few enemies as possible, make everybody a friend, share your knowledge, um, the reason I'm successful today and have all the things I have is because the people before me shared their knowledge. They didn't keep it to themselves. Um, I got to hop up in the chair with Jim Cameron and, uh, you know, all these great directors over the year, you know, saying, hop up there, watch the monitor with me, kid. Um, I wasn't told, you know, who's the kid on the set, take the height, let's get the kid off the set. Um, I, was, I was invited into the circle of all these great filmmakers uh, which made me love this business, and had those guys not treated me that way, had they not uh, bring me in like family and, and make me feel like someone that was important, even as, even as a 10, 11, 12-year-old boy, then I wouldn't have probably pursued what I'm doing, which means hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of television shows and, and, and movies and, and videos may have never even got made. And so we need to we need to always remember um, to work closely together, um, to be open-minded, to share our thoughts, share I, our ideas, and, and continue to be creative so that this industry can continue to grow uh, into uh, an even more dynamic uh, industry. Well, no, that's very well put, and it is it is true. I mean, somebody could use an uh, you know a phone or a tablet of some form, they could shoot uh, a movie, you know, they could go out and shoot, you know, uh, sunsets or traffic or, you know, ants or or even people, you know, and, and go back home, cut it, do the sound, edit it, and and do it all by themselves and get it out there maybe, you know, by putting it up on a website or something. But ultimately, the actual business relies on people connecting and intersecting and, and working together and uh, collaborating, and uh, you know, you put it, you really put it well. You know, don't, you don't need to try to do it alone. Uh, if you have a solo project like the one I described, that's one thing. But uh, you know, most storytelling involves cast and and other crew, and and uh, you got to spread it around, spread the love around, spread spread the the goodwill around, and when you do, you will get known for that. Absolutely, um, very nice. The key is, like I said, staying humble. I mean, I, I grew up pushing a broom. I grew up pushing a broom across the stages and the mills and uh, sweeping sawdust. So um, it's, uh, 
Well, you take you take what is given to you. So that's uh, I think that's one of the key things to uh, to remember. Oh, no, absolutely. Um, Daniel, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a little bit of a break right now. We're actually at almost that halfway point. So I'm going to take a break. I'm going to make a, a couple of announcements, and then we'll be right back. All right? Sounds good. All right, excellent. You're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, the uh, official uh, web address, the URL where you can hear all of the interviews live or archived is rexsykes.com, my name, R-E-X-S-I-K-E-S.com. Each and every single one of the interviews, the discussions that I've had, the conversations with professional filmmakers, is available at the interviews blog at rexsykes.com. It's also available at Blog Talk Radio. It's also available as a podcast at iTunes, the Rex Sykes Movie Beat Show. It's absolutely free. In exchange for all this free information, there's over 400 hours of professional filmmakers sharing their expertise with you. All we ask is that you spread it around uh, however you can to share it with others and to leave comments when you listen to the show live or archived. And you're always welcome to join us in the, in the chat room when we go live. All right, most of the shows are on Thursdays. My next show coming up is with Brian Herskowitz. Brian is a, a producer, he's an actor, he's a director, he's a writer, and he's the author of a new book on screenwriting. You're going to want to hear what he has to say. He's coming up on Thursday the 28th, same time, same place, same channel, you know, all of that. So be sure to tune in for Brian. We've got, uh, you know, Michael Beckner coming back. We've got Lenora coming back. We have other guests as well, so stay tuned. You can find out more about that from Rex Sykes Movie Beat, or from the new blog, which is rexsykesmoviebeat.me, dot me, rexsykesmoviebeat.me. There's articles there. There's things that I've been putting up. There's uh, information about my guests. I'm, 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 I'm releasing information gradually on the site. But to go, subscribe, follow, share, support, and you'll find information there as well as um, at Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook, the Facebook page. All right. So enough about that. Let me point out that there is a, a short film that is in the last hours of fundraising. It is called Full Circle. It is on Indiegogo. There's about 15 hours left for them to reach their goal. It's a very worthy campaign. It's a noble campaign. And if you're listening live or archived within the next uh, few hours, if you can help them out, help them out. It's Full Circle. It's at Indiegogo.com slash projects slash full, F-U-L-L, hyphen or dash circle, hyphen or dash three. So it's full dash circle dash three, uh, because there are other projects of the same name. If, you, if you're a friend of mine on Facebook or, or whatever, you can find it on, on uh, I believe, Rex X Movie Beat Friends or on my wall, Indiegogo project slash uh, full circle three. So search it and that and you'll find it. Uh, help them out. Um, help them reach their goal. They're about, mm, they're not quite there. And it's a modest goal. So uh, I'm asking you to support them. There's so many things that are, that are um, cool. And um, the Milwaukee Film Festival, if you're in the Milwaukee, Wisconsin area, begins the 25th of September and goes to the 9th. Of October, in October, there's Flyway Film Festival, which was an incredible film festival. There's the Wyoiga Film Festival in November. Um, these are festivals. There's many more, uh, but I wanted to point those out. Uh, you'll find out more about them from the blog or from from the official site. But uh, but uh, if you're in the Wisconsin area, I go back and forth between L.A. and Wisconsin and Chicago for. Uh, filmmaking and movies and projects. So, uh, you know, wherever I am, if we should cross paths and meet up, I'm always 
always willing. And I love meeting people, and I thank you all for your comments, your emails, your tweets, your Facebooking, your sharing my stuff, and uh, my guests. Uh, I really do appreciate it all. Thank you kindly. All right, so we're back with Daniel Values. Daniel, would you please give out your websites uh, that you have for the ranches or well, people can visit the ranches at uh, movieranch dot com, and uh, you can just go to that go to that uh, that website, and uh, you can click on all the different sets and st- sound stages, and you can view all of the different things we have. There's lists of credits and and all those types of things, and a uh, about page to give you a little bit of the history of the of both ranches and the studios, and uh, and um, kind of educate you on uh, where we come from and where we plan to go. Awesome. Awesome. Um, so what, uh, let's let's talk a little bit about um, the difference and the changes that you've seen in both the men and women in this business. Well, over the years, you know, when I was a young man, when I, you know, traveling to the sets with my dad, as a you know a, a seven eight year old young man, you know you didn't see a lot of women. You saw women uh, in front of the camera, but you you didn't see as many women behind the camera. It was kind of a it just kind of to me at the time kind of seemed like a male dominated world as far as uh, the filmmaking side of it goes. And um, the the great thing about now is I'm seeing uh, far far more women in film today, uh, obviously, than I saw back then. But um, women are emerging every day as um, you know, top directors and top cinema photographers. And um, I just think the emergence of females in film um, is, uh, is growing at a rapid rate. In fact, I, I don't know uh, my, my good friend, uh, actress Lenore Andrew, who won the, the Best Actress Award on Yellow Rock, she... Uh, was just uh, put into women in film, and um, uh-huh. she's been she's been sharing some of her stories with me, um, in, in in which uh, she's going to the events and 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 meeting other women in film, and I'm so impressed and so amazed with the um, the power group, so to speak, that that um, she now is a part of, and so women in film. Um, is very impressive, and, and 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 you know you can go down the list uh, of of great female directors now. I mean, obviously we all know Sofia Coppola and and Catherine Bigelow with the Hurt Locker, and um, one of my favorites from the '80s and '90s that I remember was uh, uh, Amy Heckerling, uh, who did uh-huh. one of my all-time favorite movies, Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah. Um, so there's a, there's a lot of uh, of uh, wonderful uh, women and, and very talented uh, women that are uh, emerging in all areas of film today. I did, uh, years ago, I did uh, a film called Black Sheep out at Values A Ranch, directed by Penelope Spears, and that starred, the, the, you know, the late, great comedian Chris Farley, and and, um, and David Spade was also in that. That was a terrific uh, comedy that we did. Uh, Nora Nora Ephron, uh, Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail. I mean, the list goes, you know, on and on of of women that um, are are making a huge impact uh, in this industry. 
It's it's very true, and you know, it it, it is amazing. Whenever I find find a woman or a woman who will be a guest on my show, uh, I am thrilled because they are underrepresented in many cases. And um, you know, even even when I'm looking for guests and things like that, I don't you know necessarily always come across many women. I you know, and and I'm always thrilled when uh, when uh, they come on i i say that too for two reasons most of my um, adult life from teenage years on i have worked with women whether they're women directors or women acting coaches or you know women women producers i mean the, the people who i i mean well there are a lot of significant men in my life many of the most influential people in my life have happened to be women and so whenever I can give a voice to women and whenever I see, uh, you know, women um, rising to the top, I'm thrilled because they do, they have a different, en- I mean, you know, like everything. I mean, they have a different energy in many ways. They have, they, you know, they have a different sense, sensibility, I, I, you know, uh, just because they're women in, in, in many cases. And, and uh, they bring a different quality to a set or to a classroom than than uh, men frequently do so um i love whenever i can work with a woman uh who's a producer or director or a coach or something i i i really enjoy it absolutely absolutely i uh i would agree with you and you know when i was young um, most of the most of the w- the women that were recognizable to me that I knew were usually like I said they were in front of the camera, and um, I was always uh, amazed with the 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 powerful uh, presence they had when they walked onto a set. Um, it, it, it it always stuck with me as a kid. You know, I obviously you know I've worked with Marlon Brando and. And, and Johnny Depp and Don Juan DeMarco and, and Faye Dunaway and, and all, all of those those types of folks. And um, certain women, when they'd walk on a set, they demanded the same kind of respect that, say, Marlon Brando did. And that's when sure. I started really, you know, that's when I started really learning um, that this, this is a much bigger thing uh, than just men. Because as a child, when, like I said, when I was growing up, I thought it was a man's world. And... Um, um, you know, to, to see that other side of it is, I think, what helped me uh, understand this business uh, in a much bigger light. I don't know, it makes a lot of sense. It, um, I, I welcome, I welcome uh, their contributions, and, uh, and uh, it's good when they're recognized. You know, another area that, that is predominantly women, not not only, but a lot of them is casting directors, and you know, casting directors have been trying to get you know recognition now, and you know they've they've had some uh, uh, people in the industry who who think they should get an Academy Award or at least some recognition, and and others think that they shouldn't. You know, there are people who say, "Well, what do they do?" Um, every 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 man and woman, but every casting director I've ever met has brought a, an enormous. Uh, value to a production, and and um, I, I think they do deserve to be recognized. And the, and and also, many of the casting directors you encounter are women. So, especially in today's business, so um, I, I just point that out. I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a terrific point. Um, 
um, in fact, a lot of the shows that we work on and that, that uh, I've been a part of and a lot of shows, um, really a majority of them are female in, in, in the casting, directing world. Um, I also noticed that uh, the, uh, the females are also terrific writers, terrific screenwriters. There's some incredible uh-huh. writers out there. Um, Jill Soloway, you know, who's a, who's a writer, I believe, on Six Feet Under, and um, Sarah Pauly and Dee Reese, Lake Bell. There's a lot of uh, uh, women emerging in film now uh, as far as screenwriters go. Um, you know, uh, Lenore Andriel again uh, won yeah, uh, yeah, her best, best, best screenwriter. So um, there's uh, – uh, it, it, it's, it's great to see. It, it's wonderful to see, and um, I think that uh, what it'll do is, with the word getting out there and these women being able to be successful like this, I hope to see more young women in, in film school and, um, um, and and calling us to use the studios and so on for their projects. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah, it would be, that would be great. Um, what do you think causes people to succeed or fail? In this business, um, because I well, think you know, a lot we, of people, we, we, we kind of touched on this a little earlier, but well, I, yeah, we did, and I, you know, I'll go back to a little bit about what I said. I, I just think that you know, those that those that succeed will be open-minded. Um, those that succeed will be willing to listen. Uh, those that succeed will be willing to make sacrifices. Some sometimes those sacrifices might be much more than they want. Um, but in order to reach your goal and be successful in this industry, um, much sacrifice is needed. Um, and sometimes that sacrifice can hurt. That sacrifice could be less time at home, less time with the family. That sacrifice could be, um, in a filmmaker's eyes, probably the most painful sacrifice is, say, making a sacrifice in a script Cutting, cutting something that meant a lot to you, um, changing it to the way, say, the executive producers want it to go. When you may think as a writer this is the best way, but the person that's cutting the check says he thinks it's this way or she thinks it's this way. And so I think that learning to uh, compromise um, is, is also very important um, to the success of one in this business. Yeah, you got to be. It's it's like the saying is everything is negotiable. You got to be willing at some point to uh, at least listen and or understand somebody else's point of view and find what common ground you share. I mean, I always think if people think in terms of win-win, if you and I can look at something and go, okay, what's in it for both of us, and what you know, what can we share in this? What's the common ground? We're going to get further, faster than if we both come at it from, you know, our own selfish, what can I get from it point of view. Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, you know, I won't go into names or, or, or projects, but there has been a lot of amazing people um, and, a, you know, not be able to collaborate on some really amazing projects and not come to a, uh, you know, understanding um, in which um, you know, in which would would benefit both sides and allow something that really was an amazing idea to be seen. 
um, and to be made. Um, there's so there's so many projects that we've never heard about or we've heard about and never got a chance to see due to the fact of a lack of compromise and due to the fact of what you just said. I mean, you really, you know, you, you, you really nailed it with that. And it, it is a mutual, you know, a mutual understanding. You know, I see your point of view. I hope you can see mine. Let's find common ground and let's let's make this work with with both of our ideas. You know, let's really dive in to this and 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 get in depth here and let's uh let's let's mesh our ideas to create something really unique and special here. And um that's what I you know, that's what I would say to to anybody out there that's that, that that's trying to get into this business. That's uh, going to be key is um, finding people in the beginning that you get along with, that you work well with. You know, when you pick your teams, uh, say, in film school, um, don't, don't, don't just pick your friends. Um, pick knowledgeable people. Surround yourself with, with knowledgeable folks along with a combination of um, things in common, and that will, uh, that will eventually create, you know, award-winning things. Oh, that's very cool. That's very cool. I have I've been I've been remiss. I haven't looked in the chat room for a little bit because uh, you know we've been talking and um, uh, there are uh, a, a number of comments and of course someone says, "Hey Rex, Lenore here. Please thank <laughs> Daniel for becoming a producer, executive producer on Yellow Rock. It helped catapult my career. Let Daniel know that." Above everyone is respect for me as producer and lead actress and writer on Yellow Rock helped propel me through a difficult shoot of Yellow Rock and thank him for everything he does. So, Nora, feel free to call on in. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and maybe that's who has been calling, but if you have, maybe you were, you know. But at any rate, um, yeah, you know, uh, let's, let's talk a little bit about Yellow Rock again because that was, you know, we've, we've talked in many ways. Peter Shreka was on it, and we've had him on the show. What I what heard about Katie Elhoffer, we've had Randy Miller, uh, we've had the Spears brothers, uh, Steve, you know, Nick, and, uh, and yourself. And, and, you know, I, I, it's, it's, um, it's, it's a, I've got to say, I mean, you know, uh, it is one of those, I wasn't involved in the project, but I've gotten to know a lot of the people who were at the time, and, and to find such a tight uh, family of filmmakers who have come together on one project who are continuing to walk and journey together um, as a result is is inspiring and it's delightful and I appreciate it and I and I'm glad that I've had the opportunity to talk with so many people um, from Yellow Rock uh, about Yellow Rock and when 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 the and that again Peter Foldy is a, a mutual friend of, of some of ours and uh, and he put me in touch with Lenore. And when I heard about the film, I went, you know what, if we, can, if we could explore this in depth, I'd love to have as many people from the movie as I can uh, talk about their, their different roles and different, you know, functions. So, uh, and, and, and I've done that with a couple other films, you know, but it's, 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 it's because, you know, there are um, specialized functions and specialized positions on a, on a film set, and the, um, the opportunity to hear from each of those. You know who I've had the trouble, the, the, the biggest difficulty getting on the show? And I believe me, when I started the show, I wanted to do everyone from executive producer to craft service. And it's hard getting some of the people on the show because they don't feel like, well, who wants to hear from me? 
but but I've I've tried to get craft service people on the show and go, you know, come on, talk about what you do. And they go, ah, nobody wants to hear about me. I, I, I sweep up cigarette butts and I and I supply donuts. And I go, No, 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 you're you're you know, if you're not doing it, somebody has to do it and, and I started at nineteen doing craft service and, and I think it's one of the best places to be, you know, if you do it well and I'm not saying I did, but I'm just saying if you do it well, it's it's a wonderful job to have. And uh, and many people who start in craft service do go elsewhere, as as, as well, do all of the assistants that you encounter in 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 the showbiz world. Well, and believe it or not, if you're good at it, you're probably the most loved on the set. <laughs> yeah, because you're you're meeting the needs. Absolutely. In fact, funny story with Yellow Rock, the craft service, the young lady that was craft service. Little did I know, I when when she came on. She was the ring bearer at my wedding 20 years earlier. Oh, wow. Wow. She was, that, that she was a small world. About a four-year-old four little girl that just walked down the aisle carrying the ring. So, you know, go figure. You never know when, you're, when, you're, when your paths will cross again. But, you know, to, to talk a little bit about uh, Yellow Rock and, and, and so on, that was a labor of love. Um, and that, that film really was – it was really – the epiphany of what we're talking about right now, it was, you know, it, it was about a group of people that came together um, that made a film uh, out of a labor of love. They believed in the film. They believed in the, the, the Western uh, genre that we, we had for this film. They believed in the, um, the Native American side of the film. People saw... Uh, a film that was that was gripping, and they wanted to be a part of it. They were open-minded, and believe me, Rex, we met closed-minded people along the way. I, I I'm not going to say anybody's <laughs> name. We sat in a restaurant with right. a very well-known actor, um, who 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 literally said, you know, I think I think you need to, to get rid of the Native American side of the story. Well, you know, that's like sitting oh, well. in a, in a it's like sitting in a meeting with, with James Cameron saying, you know, I think you need to, to get rid of the, the, the ship <laughs> side of the story on Titanic, right? Yeah, lose the so, ship, lose the ship, yeah. <laughs> yeah, lose the ship. And so uh, obviously to say he, he, he didn't get the role. But the, 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 fact of the, the fact of the matter is is it takes people who, who really believe. And, and, and the great Steve Duchette, our executive producer, you know, he's a gentleman that had to write a check. And, and, and that takes a lot of courage, and it takes a lot of faith. And, you know, I was, ta- I was talking to someone about it last night that, you know, if he doesn't write that check, we don't go on to do what we do. We don't go on to win 18 awards. Um, right, you right. know, Lenore doesn't win the Best Actress and Best Screenplay, and I don't, I don't carry home a big gold statue for, um, for you know, for the Motion Picture of the Year and, and at the you know, Western Heritage uh, Museum in Oklahoma City. We don't walk away with the best film following True Grit and so on. And, and uh, so, you know, you know, God bless the, the executive producers that have the ability to, to finance these films and really take the biggest chance um, for all of us. Um, they, don't, they don't get as much credit as they should sometimes, but really they're making the biggest sacrifice because the reality of it is if the show fails, and, and, and thank God that Yellow Rock did not fail, but if the show fails, you know, we can all go on and go to work the next day and find another show and move on, but the gentleman that just spent you know, millions of dollars of his own money has to sit there and, and scratch his head wondering how am I going to recoup this? And so it's, you know, um, 
it, it's a whole other okay. angle. I'm just going to say, I, you know, I'm really glad you said that. I, even I don't necessarily think of it that well, you know. I mean, I think, oh, yeah, the executive producer. But, but you're right. I mean, whether they're, whether they're investing their own personal money or investors' money or crowdfunded money, whatever, whatever they do, they're responsible for the money at the end of the day. And, uh, and uh, for, for some people, that, that, that I mean, one, it's a legal responsibility, but two, uh, just having that weight on your shoulders, it, you know, uh, you're right. I mean, you get done. If you've been paid, you would walk off and do another job, but they've got to live with whatever happens with the, their project. So I mean, that's such an incredibly well-articulated point. I'm so glad you shared that. Um, my guess is that the caller on the line, I should recognize, is Lenore. Hi, Lenore. <laughs> Hi, guys. Can you hear me? Yes, we hear you. Uh, we, yeah, we can hear you. And, 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 I, and, I, and I'm glad that you called in and that, you, that, you, uh, and that I recognized your phone number because somebody's been calling in all morning long. And, that wasn't and me. Not talking. <laughs> no. I, did, be, I didn't think so. Be, it, that could be my mother, what? Rex. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, Daniel, your sense of humor on the shoot really helped everybody keep from going insane. You know, I don't know if you know this, Rex, Daniel is one of the funniest people I have ever met in my entire life. You really are, Daniel. But don't, don't. And I think that... It is important. Again, another key point. Another key point. Humor. You know, to be able to laugh things off and to be able to have fun and enjoy yourself is, is... uh, especially when times are tough or resources are low. I mean, what what an uh, attitude is everything. No, oh, good point. Well, you know, it was completely important. Um, this having been my first time that I was producing a film, and Daniel jumping, he came in as an executive producer for those who who didn't know, and wound up becoming also a producer on the shoot because. We had lost people, and, and it was just we were all just tearing our hair out and, and the whole nine yards. And your wealth of experience, Daniel, and your attitude and your love of the material and of all the cast and crew, I mean, it, it, single-handedly, I can say that, that uh, you know, these awards were in large part due to, to your efforts and what you did because we didn't know what we were doing. And the wealth of experience that you brought to that and helped not only guide us, have your sense of humor, bring the support and the love and the respect, um, it, it made such a gigantic difference to the entire film shoot itself that I can't t- – I'll always be grateful. And, um, and of course, and we became, like you said before, we became best friends because of it. And now we're all going to go on and, and do other projects together. So – what a wonderful thing came out of that, and I, I just really wanted you to know that, and that's that's why I dialed in. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. And, and, Rex, to go back to what we were talking about earlier when I was talking about um, the way we need to get along and the way we need to treat people, Lenore just was a prime example just now in her words. That, that's, that's humbling uh, for her to say all those kind things about about me and, and and all those wonderful things, but it, it's that attitude that she has, it's that personality right there that she has to uh, talk about me and what I did and the things that I brought to it. When in reality, this is the woman, this is the woman that created the show. So if she <laughs> right. doesn't create the show, we don't make the show. This is the woman that carried the film, um, 
you know, with the Best Actress Award and, and all these wonderful things that she did, yet you don't hear her talk about this. This is a woman that's been nominated into Women in Film and is now a member. Uh, that's, a powerful, that's a powerful thing. Uh, when you're talking about women in film, you're talking about, uh, you know, the, our, our, our best women forward, so to speak. And so this is what I mean by humbling yourself to be successful. And because of that humbling, you know, winning winning the best picture, winning the best director, winning the best actor award, you know, all of these things. Uh, I just learned last night, in fact, Lenore had shared this with me, that, that Yellow Rock is actually going to be at the Red Nation Film Festival for a special screening for their 10th anniversary um, as a series called Best of the Fest. So um, that'll be happening sometime in November, and it will get word to you and, and your yeah. listeners of where and so on. But, you know, this is, this is something that just keeps growing and, and, and keeps moving on. And, and, and if Lenore wants to touch on it, she can. But, um, you know, there's some real special things in the works for the future. There really are. And, you know, when you guys were just talking about attitude and, and what does it take um, to really make a movie and, and to be successful, um, and thank you, Daniel, so much for all the wonderful things you just said. I do think that it is so important for people to have a great attitude and to put their leave their ego at the door because when you're making a film together like we did, that collaboration, um, you're only as strong as your weakest link. And if you have people who have a bad attitude, and, and Daniel had just talked about one that we almost hired for our film, um, we knew then this, this terrible attitude is going to seep into the film itself, and it's just not going to work. And I think people don't realize, you know, they, you know, when you think about be careful, you know, who you meet on the way up because you might meet them on the way down again is really true. You know, you, you really have to have a great attitude and be willing to humble yourself and work together, roll up your sleeves um, and get the job done in the most efficient and yet kind-hearted ways that you possibly can. And those are things that I learned from Daniel um, uh, when we were shooting, because it was so easy to sort of get off track and get into the woe is me, and he kept everybody moving forward and inspired. Danny was the first one to say, Lenore, this movie's going to win a ton of awards. I, and, and I knew he wasn't placating me. I knew it. I, I just looked at him. Remember, Daniel? I just looked at you and was like, really? <laughs> and you yep. knew it. He was the first one who knew it. Um, um, n n not just, and he knew it because in his heart he was able to look at everything globally of what was really happening. Um, you know, not the gossip, not the, not the hard aspects that were happening, but he was able to stand back for a moment and really, because of his years of experience, be able to say, you know what, guys, we got this. It's okay. So, um, man, Daniel, you were... <laughs> You were the one that steered that ship, in my opinion, so I thank you. And, and Lenore, just, just briefly, you know, we talked earlier about women in the business and casting directing. Yeah. Share a little bit about our casting director and why this film was kind of dedicated um, to, to her. Well, Bridget Burdine, uh was, I, I do voiceovers, and she was a, primarily uh, a, a known for being a huge voiceover casting director. She had cast other films and television and commercials prior to that, but that's really where she was at, and we had become such great friends. And I said, you know, I would love for you to become our casting director on this and do another film. And she just went over the moon about it. 
And we had wonderful, everybody loved Bridget. Daniel, you loved her. Everyone loved her. She was a beautiful, vibrant, intelligent woman that everyone in the industry adored. And uh, she loved the heart of this movie. She loved the aspect that this movie really is a Native American Western uh, based upon, loosely based upon stories that uh, happened to Native Americans in California. And she wanted to cast those roles. And she said, I know so many wonderful Native American actors, Lenore. This is going to be wonderful. And we had such an exceptional time casting those Native American roles. And we both were on the same page, that they needed to be Native Native Americans playing those roles, not people that weren't. Um, and the experiences that we had together just made us grow together even more. And eventually, um, she was pulling her hair out as well um, because there were just so many, you know, this Rex, there's just so much that goes on in a film um, sure. and things that happen. And right after, pretty much right after, in, in December, um, uh, after we had completed the film, uh, she actually was hit by uh, a hit-and-run driver, and we lost oh, her. Oh, jeez. And oh, it, was, uh, it was a shock wave that went through the film community that you just cannot believe. And um, Daniel and Steve, my, part, my other partner, Steve Doucette, I think that they, you know, they sort of helped keep my sanity because not only did we lose our casting director, but I lost my best friend. Sure. And but her spirit was so um, uh, threaded throughout this production and this movie. Um, immediately, we decided to dedicate the film in her memory, and so that is actually in the film at the end. And right. uh, I, I know that she just. I really feel, and I'm sure you do too, Danny. We've talked about this that she sort of. Her hand on the other side is is helping to guide and and bless this film, um, and I, and I I really do believe that I think she her spirit will always live on. It was the last thing she cast, and you know the downside obviously you know we don't need to get into, but clearly the upside is that now she lives on. So um, right, right, so that's something right. I'm very happy about. Wow, well right. that is uh, wow amazing. Um, I didn't know that that's what you know why the dedication was there until until this you know phone call so um wow um but well, what you know, Rex, cast? It, no. go ahead it goes back to what we were talking about earlier the the reality of it is is that when you get on a project uh, especially and I keep talking to the young filmmakers cuz that's who I was one time is when you get on a project get on it wholeheartedly this is a this is a woman that was the casting director her job was to just bring us the people, and, 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 mm -hmm. and that's really it. But instead, she, she read the script. She understood the script. She put her heart and soul into finding these folks. And this is what I want people to do in whatever field you're in. If you're going to go in, go all in. She would visit the set. She would check yep. with, her, with the cast. How are you feeling? Do you have what you need? Um, do we have what we need? Are they giving us what we want? Are they are we giving them what they want? And you know the, the, the professionalism that she's shown is the is, is the professionalism that we're really talking about today, for for everybody. If you're going to do something, go all in. Go beyond the call of duty. Show up on show up show up if your job's to to provide something for a show. Um, drop by, see how it's working out. See if you know the gear that you provided for the show, the cameras that you might have provided for the show. Um, maybe you recommended 
a, a friend to work uh, two days on a show, drop by, check on your friend, check on those people, say, how's he doing? How is she doing? You know, be a, take an active role in, in, in the industry, and you can't lose. You, you will succeed. Yeah, you're absolutely right, because I remember Bridget saying to me, Lenore, whatever you need to have done, I will be there. She said, if I have to pull cable, I'll pull cable. I mean, she said that like at least five times. She was the casting director, and I used to laugh and say, Bridget, I'm not going to have you pulling cable. She said, I don't care. I'll empty the garbage. Whatever you need to have done, I will do it. I mean, what an amazing soul. You know, and, and you're absolutely right, Daniel, and people really need to, to do that, you know, be willing to roll up their sleeves and just dive in, whatever it is that, that you see that needs to happen. And she, I remember her talking to Katie Elhoffer, who was also pulling, our costume designer, who was pulling her hair out one day, and she literally helped calm Katie down. And she had nothing to do with, with costume design, but her spirit was such a, of, of such a generous nature that it didn't matter. You know what I'm saying? That's very cool. You know, Look, I, 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 before we continue, I just want to say we've got about six minutes on the outside left here, and um, and you're making such incredible points. I want to point out, though, for the listeners, because I know people are going, well, yeah, but I mean, I've heard all these horror stories on the set and all this kind of stuff, and not, every, not everything is rosy. Uh, but what you both have, have pointed out is that, yes, sometimes you, you end up working, like you could be a director for hire, you're working with a cast or a crew that you didn't have anything to do about choosing. You, you, know, you took the job, and you have to work with people you do not like or you do not get along with, or you're a <laughs> cast member. and something. I mean, that happens, or they're a big name, and they're, the producers got them because they're going to put seats and you know, they're going to sell tickets, but they're not necessarily the, the, the person you would want. But when, but, so there are those times when... When uh, personalities, uh, you know, conflict, or or you have no money and you're working with your brother-in-law who you can't stand, but he's <laughs> family and you gotta you gotta you know you gotta work with or her or whatever. Um, but whenever, and, and I think people really need to understand this, whenever people have the luxury to choose who they will work with, they will work with the people they like and get along with. And you, you know, you, you, you exemplify that. It's like going camping. You don't go. Let me find the worst mother out there to go camping with. You choose your friends, and you right. choose the people right. that that contribute. And 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 so you've described that. And for the listeners, whether they're seasoned or they're emerging, or they're fans around the world, you know, the idea that um, this is a business built on friendship and respect and trust and having each other's back and doing whatever it takes and working for the good of everyone. And not just being in it for yourself, and and that truly, as Daniel pointed out, and as you point out, is is how you move ahead in this business. Yeah, and the reality is, is just the, the probably the best way to sum that up is is the reality is is you are going to be on shows and you are going to be on sets where you, where where you don't mesh or maybe there's one or two people you just don't get along with. The key is when is is to just get off the show, leave the show, but leave like a mouse. Don't leave with a roar of a lion. Because the reality right. of it is, probably 97% of the rest of those people would love to work with you again. But if you leave with the <laughs> roar of lions, they're gonna—they're not gonna want to work with you. You know, the, the late, great, wonderful, incredible Ernest Borgnine, who I worked with many, many times. Um, you know, in his 90s, working on films with him. Uh, I think the last one I worked with him was *Vengeance Trail*, the last—the uh, last ho- uh, great hope. 
a wonderful western with uh, Lou Diamond Phillips and, and, and Ernest Borgnine and several others. Uh, Bruce Bachbeitner was in that and so on. But, uh, you know, Ernest was a guy, here he is, and this, this, this man in his 90s who would stand at the front of the catering truck at lunch and wait until every single other person has eaten. And when, when people would say, come on, Ernie, hop in there, he's like, no, I, I haven't done anything today. I'm doing what I right. love. You go ahead. You know, those are the things that I remember. Those are the stories that, that people need to understand um, and, and, and look at the wonderful, successful life and career he had. And I believe a lot of that has to do because the good Lord was, was you know, rewarding him for his humbleness and his, and his kindness to his peers. That's so cool. Yeah, he was a great guy, and we met him right before he passed um, at the Western Heritage Awards because he won for a television film, Western television film that he had done, and that's so we the, had. That's the, it, that's, that's the actual film I did. Oh, is that? You're right. You're right, Daniel. I forgot about that. That's exactly right, because you were telling me about it beforehand, and sure enough, we went, and there he was. And, and here we were, Rex, you know, sharing the dais at the, at the press conference with Ernest Borgnine, because they had won for that. How, how ironic, Daniel. They had won for the film shot at Daniel's Ranch for TV, and we had won for Yellow Rock. And what a wonderfully generous man he was, and it was such an honor to meet him. And you're absolutely right. It's like, how do you want to be remembered in this business? You know, I think that's a really good analogy. You know, don't go out with a roar of a lion. I think that's a great, a great point. I mean, Daniel, there are people that we work with on Yellow Rock, and, and I'm sorry, we won't work with them again, Rex. I mean, we just won't. You know, a bad attitude is just, who wants to work with that? Why should we put ourselves through that? But the majority of the people that we did work with in front of and behind the camera, we, we, we absolutely will be working with again. Right, Daniel? Yeah. You know, Rex, a good analogy, and I think Steve Duchette, our executive producer who might be listening, him and I refer a lot of things to baseball. And so, you know, it's like organizing a sports team, really, when you're putting together a great cast and crew. It's kind of like, let's, uh, you know, let's make a trade here. Let's let's send this DP packing to uh, another show, and let's bring this (laughs) DP in. Send them back in. Yeah. Exactly, and so it's kind of like if somebody's not getting their job done, Steve and I would usually refer to, well, it looks like we may need to go to the bullpen, you know, <laughs> and, and we, we'd have to go to a relief pitcher, so to speak. So, um, But, you know, that's how you assemble, you know, the, the, the final product, you know. You've got to make those hard decisions and those hard changes, and, it, and it's usually good for everyone because if it's not working out for you, it certainly probably isn't working out for them. Wow, no, very true. We are we are really at that threshold now uh, about having to uh, uh, call it uh, for the day, call the game for the day, you know, and um, and uh, until we meet again the next time, kind of thing. Daniel, I will talk to you after the call. Maybe Lenore and and you and I can all talk after the after we're done here. Absolutely. Um, but, but but you had mentioned something to me. If, if you want to say anything about what what was coming up. Uh, a little bit, you know, you've got a, a minute or so to do that. If not, we'll save it for another time. Lenore? Uh, well, as far as as far as far our film, uh, it will be, as Daniel was saying, um, the Red Nation Film Festival happens in November in Los Angeles. 
And since it is Red Nation's 10th anniversary, and because we won for Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, etc., we have been asked to um, to re-premiere, so to speak, Yellow Rock at the festival as one of the 10 pictures for their past 10 years uh, of, of having their festival. So we're all going to be, we invite you, Rex, if you're in L.A., we would love to have you come to this uh, re-premiere again, and we'll all be there, uh, the actors, cast, crew, behind-the-scenes people, and and uh, screen it in a big theater, and uh, we'll give you details on that. And we hope everyone comes down to see us. We'll be meeting and greeting and doing Q&A afterwards. That's so cool. That's awesome. And if I can be there, you know I will be there. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, and Daniel? Yes. Anything that you want to share? Well, um, you know. I don't know if you can. Of, uh, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of uh, exciting things going on uh, currently that I can't talk about at this point. Mm-hmm. But um, there's there's some projects that I'm working on right now that are going to be groundbreaking that, that when we can talk about them, I think people are going to be absolutely amazed and, and, and so excited that, that some of these things that I'm currently working on are actually getting done. Um, and there's a lot of things that uh, both Steve Lenore and I are working on, mm-hmm. and, um, mm-hmm. and things that Steve Lenore, uh, I, and yourself are working on, Rex. That I think sometimes <laughs> right, I guess. So, so it's an exciting time with a, with a lot to look forward to, and so I look forward to uh, sharing all these great things uh, very shortly. No, that's very cool. That is very cool, and um, and yeah, I mean, we, we you know. I'm I'm thrilled to be working with and on with Lenore and you and Steve and others on on something as well. Uh, that is exciting, very exciting, very thrilling, very thrilling. Yes. So I I want to say also that um, uh, Carol Flynn has said she always loves to listen to Lenore and the cast and Daniel and the crew of Yellow Rock. Um, uh, there's 18, you won 18 awards for a reason, and she says she learned so much. So I, I wanted to point that out. And, oh, and bless hey, her Jake, heart. We Jake, love her. Hey, Jake is like, I got to watch the movie again. I want to watch the movie again. So uh, very <laughs> cool, everybody. Um, I'm going to give you a call back, Daniel, after the end of the show, and uh, and Lenore. Maybe I mean maybe we can all conference, but uh, uh, I'll give you a call back right after we close out the show. I want to thank you both for being here. We'll uh, both oh, will be back you. again. Lenore, you're coming back at another time. Daniel will have you I back will. another time. And then we'll get uh, all of this taken care of. But thank you so much for today, uh, Daniel and, and Lenore. Thank you very thank much. Thank you both. Bye, guys. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. All right, Daniel, give out your websites one last time, and then I'm going to say goodbye and uh, shut us down because we're running out of time. Oh, he hung up. All right. Well, so find uh, Daniel at Sevalluse uh, Motion Picture Ranch and, and Melody Motion Picture Ranch. You can find them also on uh, Facebook. They have uh, some friends pages there. Please do help uh, Full Circle get their goal. Uh, there's hours left, maybe 13 hours if you're listening to this at uh, live, and uh, they need all the help. So if you can steer people that way, please leave comments if you're listening to the show live or otherwise at the Blog Talk Radio Player. If you get this as a podcast, it's absolutely free from iTunes. Please rate and review it there as well. It helps us whenever you do. It helps uh, that whole search engine thing. and helps people find our show. I ch- so appreciate you being in the chat room and listening and, uh, and, uh, and being here with us live today. I always appreciate everything. Uh, 
Visit RegSykes.com. All of the interviews uh, discussions are there at the interviews blog. RegSykesMovieBeat.me. Me at RegSykesMovieBeat.me is the uh, new blog, and there's articles and uh, upcoming guests. My next guest is Brian Herskowitz, producer, actor, voiceover, director, uh, author, and we'll be talking about screenwriting with Brian Herskowitz next time. So I appreciate uh, everything and all of you, and um, I look forward to the to the uh, next time that we're all together. And um, let me think about anything else that I need to tell you before we close today. Um, I think that's it. Oh, follow me on Twitter. I forgot to mention it's Yellow Rock Movie at Twitter. Uh, Yellow Rock Movie at Twitter. Um, both Lenore, there's a Yellow Rock Movie friends page, and a yellowrockmovie.com. And uh, Lenore Andriel is on Facebook. Daniel Valise. Uh, again, the, the ranches are on Facebook, and um, you've been listening to me, Rex Sykes. So uh, you can find Rex Sykes Movie Beat Friends on Facebook. Now, a word about Facebook. They are choking all of our content, so it's hard to reach our friends and our fans and our supporters and even our close personal friends with our information. So whenever you can share, hit a share button. Whenever you can comment, comment. Whenever you can spread something, spread something. It's very difficult to get things out on Facebook now. Anyway, please feel free to email me through uh, my website if you hear about something coming up or uh, guest suggestions or if you have a, a comment or a question that you want to. Um, I'm always willing to uh, entertain that. In the meantime, make your movies, get your projects done, and have a great day. That is a wrap. <laughs>